Blog Talk Radio. That's the way you want to start a show, baby. The music is working. We're off to a good start. Well, maybe not as good of a start as I was hoping. But this is the Alliance Guys. A presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. I'm your host, J-Cal. Joining me are my two friends and chuckleheads, DKM and Jaden. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Are you sure? No. There's music playing. I don't know what to make it. It's nice music. Let's see if you thank me for being on the show after I talk my normal stuff and piss a few people off. That's what I have a tendency to do, you know? Oh, you don't piss anybody off except for those two guys in Connecticut. (laughs) So... Hey, Only this is two? a new year, 20... Yeah, just those two guys. It's a new year. This is 2019. Uh, we're coming live to you from the uh, alliance-wrestling.com studios. Um, this video will be uploaded soonish. And, uh, you know, we're talking NWA, kind of like the old days. And there's a lot more to talk about these days than there were in the past couple of years. Um, the first thing, first and foremost, is we have a world's heavyweight champion who last year legitimately defended that title all across the world. I mean, we, we've talked about it before on this show. He's defended in China, Australia, the United Kingdom. He's, he's now officially held the title and had more successful defenses in the U.K. than any other NWA champion before him, and, of course, in the United States. Guys, I'm talking about the national treasurer, Nick Aldis. Jaden, what are your thoughts on our world heavyweight champion and what he's been able to accomplish thus far in his two runs as world champion? It's funny because while the national treasure is the NWA champion, he always kind of reminds me more of a throwback to an old AWA champion known as Nick Bockwinkle. He just seems like a class act. He's, he comes in nicely dressed with those uh, very nicely tailored suits and coming in looking like a champion and he doesn't scream and he doesn't yell. He uses big words and he speaks just eloquently and calmly and just, and just is a true renaissance of what a champion is. Again, every time I thought of Nick Bockwinkle, I, he may have been older and the AWA may have been past his prime by the time I started watching it. it to me though, he just, exemplify what a champion is and Nick Aldis is the same. I love the fact that he's defending it all over. I like who he's defending it against. I thought it was very interesting, the local news, because apparently now he's living in the Carolinas right now and the local news just um, station just talked about him and everything like that. It was awesome. He's getting coverage everywhere. Yeah, no, for sure, right? And that is a huge deal. Um, I mean... When when you start talking about, you guys get that feedback? Is that just me? I just heard what I thought was a dog. <laughs> okay. DKM, is your dog in the house? No, she's in the other room barking at somebody. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, I mean, when, when it comes to talking about the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, uh, like I was speaking about just a moment ago, I mean, we have seen him travel the world. 
Um, he's got a couple of defenses coming up. You know, I, I talked about that he had wrestled in the U.K., and he wrestled in China, and he'd wrestled in Australia and the United States. But even just a couple of weeks ago, he was in Canada, the first wrestler to enter the Canadian market since Christian Cage. Excuse me, let me rephrase that, not Canadian market, but the Toronto, Ontario market. So he was the first world champion to be in Canada, in Toronto, uh, since Christian Cage. So, again, that's another you know, slap on the back at a boy because, I mean, that was about uh, 14 years ago when that match happened. So the world champion has been getting around. DCAM, what are your thoughts on the national treasure, Nick Aldis? Well, I've been a fan of Nick Aldis since actually way back in his mag- magnus days, magnum days, whatever. And uh, like Jaden said, he's somebody that really presents himself well as a champion. You know, when we see custom suits, a lot of times we'll think about Ric Flair or Nick Bockwinkel, but a lot of people don't realize that's something that actually went all the way back to Lou Fez. Right. Fez, Fez was a dominant champion, and when Fez was out in public, he was always dressed in suits, ties, you know, the works. He was a world champion. And uh, all this is kind of continuing that line. And... uh just a, you know, a tough, tough man. I don't think people realize how big he is because he's kind of that muscular build. He has that slim waist, but he's a, uh, you've been by him. You know, he's, he's a big guy. And oh, yeah. He looks every bit the wrestler and every bit the champion. And going around the world defending the title, he's, I mean, you can't argue with what he's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like you said, you can't argue what he's done because the only man to beat him since he first won the title was Cody. And, I I mean, I think many people listening to the show would agree. Cody was probably one of the hottest free agents in professional wrestling when he did beat uh, Nick Aldis to win the title. And Aldis got the title back in a two-out-of-three-falls match in – Nashville at the fairgrounds. I was there live. I got to see the match live. Uh, all this one back-to-back falls uh, on October 21st, 2018, to regain that championship. So, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, you know, this isn't an era where we've had a champion that the title bounces around a lot. Uh, we have a champion who's been pretty dominant. And, again, like you, to your point, uh you know he he's been around for a while. He he didn't just come out of nowhere. He had an extensive career with Impact Wrestling. He was there, world champion on two different occasions. I mean he's technically a four-time world's heavyweight champion, and uh, you know he's coming into a couple of matches here real soon. We know that he's going to be facing. Uh, well, I mean the big match that everyone's talking about right now is he's going to be facing uh, the villain, Marty Scroll. And that's going to be at the Crockett Cup 2019. We all know what happened in the video, 10 pounds of gold. Uh, You know, Nick Aldis extended an olive branch to his longtime friend to be a tag team partner in that Crockett Cup. But things got uh, swirly very quickly. And, uh, you know, the villain took it upon himself to ask for a championship match, and he got it. So we're going to see the villain versus the national treasure at the Crockett Cup. But there's also a couple other matches that are coming up for the champion as well. Um, now, 
it hasn't really been talked about it a whole lot, but on March 2nd uh, at All-Star Wrestling, um, Nick Aldis takes on the Neon Ninja uh, facade. I believe that's his name, or is it Facade? That's a, yeah, Jaden Facade. No, it's definitely Facade. He's an excellent wrestler. I've seen him many a time in person. Um, I know for a fact uh, the companies I've worked for have tried to get him. It just never seemed to work out timing-wise. He's a very, very talented wrestler. He's basically a modern-day version of Jeff Hardy without any of the personal issues. So I think that's, that's going to be something good. to look very much into. And, you know, he's actually made it out here to SoCal. He's been around a lot of places. And it's not that he's just limited to, you know, one part of the country, um, although I think his bread and butter is West Virginia. I think that's where he is located right now. Um, but he's certainly a, a different kind of a challenge for the world champion. Now, I'll say this from just following the 10 pounds of gold, you know that Nick Aldis has never uh, backed away from competition, and he's faced different styles of wrestlers, but we know that, you know, he was victorious against uh, the Darewolf, PJ Black, and he was also uh, victorious over WWE's uh, Paige, her nephew, Ricky Knight, in the UK. Both use a higher flying style of wrestling. Both use a more uh, aerial assault, uh, high-risk maneuvers. Uh, DKM, what do you think for Nick Aldis? What do you think about his opportunity or his, uh, not opportunity, but his defense against Facade uh, in West Virginia? Um, I'm very interested in it. I don't honestly know a whole lot about the challenger in this thing. I've Googled him and uh, YouTubed him, and, you know, and so he certainly, he certainly seems to have the ring skills. It will be interesting matchup as Aldis, is the epitome of kind of a grind him down wrestler. He's not, he's not fancy. He's not a flipper. He, you know, his thing is to get a hold of you and grind you down until he can get you either pinned or in that uh, clover leaf. So, you know, those are going to be some style things to look for, and and hopefully they work out well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and that's not his only challenge that's coming up. He's also wrestling somebody who uh, has the NWA in his uh, life blood, if you will. And I'm talking about Leland Race, the son of Handsome Harley, a.k.a. the king of wrestling, also known as the guy that was able to beat uh, Ric Flair for the title. He beat, uh, help me out, guys, was it Dory Funk Jr. he defeated for the title? Uh, Dory, Dory Funk Jr. for his first title, uh, Terry Funk, so both brothers lost their championship to him, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Baba on two different occasions, Tommy Rich, uh, and Ric Flair, so he's a, depending on how you want to calculate it, he's a seven or eight time champion, and but you know that's a, that's a pretty good pedigree. Not bad at all, right? DKM, you you uh, are quite the NWA historian. Uh, what did Harley Race mean to you as a fan of the NWA? 
Carly Race was the epitome of that tough guy champion. Uh, Roddy Piper used to tell a quote of uh, Johnny Valentine's of, you know, people may not believe wrestling's real, but I can make them believe that I'm real. And Harley Race was real. He he didn't play a character. He wasn't a gimmick. The man that was Harley Race was the man that you saw in the ring. And he was a legit tough guy. He was a legit brawler. And you did not want to mess with him. DKM, uh, that's some great uh, feedback on Harley Race. Jaden, what what are your memories of Harley Race? I know you're kind of an older guy. Did you ever get to see him live? I have seen him live, actually, both wrestling and non-wrestling. I've had lots of conversations with him. I spent over an hour with him talking at the NWA Legends Fan Fest in Charlotte one year. Uh, an excellent man, excellent mind, very intelligent People always talk about his toughness, but they never really gave him credit on just how intelligent of a man he was. He was kind of like a surgeon, one of those wrestlers, one of those wrestlers that when he would beat on you, he wouldn't just randomly just choose a spot or choose a body part and work on it. He would choose like the most minute area of destruction and just laser focus right on it. He would just rip you to shreds, in, but not like, like a gorilla would rip somebody to shreds, but more like just more like a serial killer would slowly just dissect somebody. That's what Harley Race was inside the ring. Um, a lot of my best watching of Harley Race, unfortunately, was thanks to the YouTube era. <laughs> so I didn't get to truly appreciate him as well um, when I was a younger fan. But, again, I truly enjoy watching him now. I enjoy him dissect his opponent. And he's almost sadistic in his methodical, pain-delivering attitude that he had and you could tell not like he just felt like somebody you didn't want to mess with in a bar <laughs> that's probably the best way to describe it right well now his son his blood gets another opportunity at the nwa world's heavyweight championship now we were talking about this off the air this isn't leland's first opportunity to wrestle for the nwa gold correct that's correct he had a match with Colt Cabana, and DKM, how did that match work out for him? It was actually at the time that he held the was a, a WLW title, uh, world world title there, and it was a title versus title match, and it actually went to a double countout between him and Colt Cabana. And, you know, a lot of people are going to hear the name Leland Race, and they're going to go, Oh, Leland Race, I, you know, I don't recognize that. I don't know him. Has he been around long or whatever? Uh, he's actually been around quite a while. He started his career wrestling underneath the name Jason Jones, I believe. Okay. And uh, he, and he's one of those people that worked his way up. You can find some old footage of him working as enhancement in WWE. Uh, he's certainly not somebody that rested on the accolades of his father. I mean, he's he's earned his his place in the wrestling business, you know, out on the indie scenes and certainly now uh, challenging for the world title. So 
if if you're going, I'm not familiar with that name, or I know he wrestled, or you know whatever. He's been around a long time. He's wrestled in Japan. In fact, he was actually Colt Cabana's partner in a tournament, a tag team tournament in Japan uh, for Noah, for wrestling Noah. So uh, he's certainly a deserving guy. A lot of people don't remember this or know this, but the um, the uh, WLW Harley Races School and Promotion it does have a little history with the NWA Championship. Not only again was it defended, but another former champion came from there, some guy named Tim Storm. And, you know, Tim Storm knows a lot about all this and knows a lot about wrestling and knows a lot about the NWA champion. I think maybe, just maybe, if uh, Mr. Race do so, I think he might want to be picking the ears of, of Tim Storm to see what he has to offer. And we've talked about Tim Storm quite a bit on the show. He uh, served the NWA well as World Heavyweight Champion. So, um, and he, and he has a decision to make that uh, I think we both, all three of us, know about, and you listening at home know about, where he's supposed to make a decision whether he's going to challenge for that World Heavyweight Championship for one more time. Basically, it's uh, all or nothing. If he gets this opportunity to wrestle. Nick Aldis, one more time for that NWA World Heavyweight Champion. If he wins, hey, great, you're the champ. But if he loses, he can never challenge for that title again. So, you know, there could be a perfectly legitimate storyline reason for Tim Storm to be efforting to help one Leland race just because if he ever wants to challenge for that title again, you know, he's either going to have to sacrifice any more future opportunities or, you know, get in line after the guy who beats – Mr. Nick Aldis. And, uh, you know, he's not the only champion in the NWA anymore. And it's been a while since we've had a show. But we also have to celebrate our uh, women's world champion, Jazz. And I got to see Jazz just this weekend. Excuse me, last weekend. I got to see Jazz wrestle Heather Monroe, who is a local talent here in Southern California. And I'll tell you, man, that match was pretty terrific. Uh, Jazz is an accomplished wrestler. She's a former two-time WWF Women's Champion, or WWE, however you want to say it. But what people don't know is, as NWA Women's Champion, she's actually been traveling the globe, too. She's been defending in Canada. She's defended in Japan. She's defended in the United States. Of course, this was her first opportunity to wrestle in Hollywood, and I think she rose to the occasion. The fans who could be quite finicky in Hollywood really took to the Women's Champion at it's kind of interesting about Hollywood. It doesn't really matter who the champion is. They instantly become the baby face, whether they're a heel or whatever, anywhere else. The Hollywood fans really warm up to whoever's wearing the NWA championship titles. Um, it was really cool to see Jazz up close. I got to talk to her uh, during the show, and um, I'll, I'll be playing some of that audio uh, on some of the other platforms over the next couple of weeks, but... Uh, she's ready to go. She's ready for her opportunity to shine. Um, she hopes that she gets to part of the Crockett Cup tournament, and she's really looking forward to her uh, 10 pounds of gold, which, you know, we'll see if that happens. But, uh, you know, that's what she's wanting. That's what she's looking for. D-Cam, what are your thoughts yeah. on Jazz as women's champion? Uh, I like Jazz as women's champion. I've seen her wrestle a few times myself live. Uh, you know, 
fans of the WWE have really taken to Becky as this badass babyface. And it's kind of like, you know, babyface or heel, badass certainly describes jazz. Uh, Former world junior heavyweight champion Kevin Douglas talked about uh, training with her and with her husband, Rodney Mack. And he goes, there weren't a lot of females, so she wrestled a lot of the guys, and she put a lot of them in their place. She's a tough, tough lady. She's a smart lady. And uh, I can see her holding that title for some time. Jaden, what were your thoughts on, or what are your thoughts on Jazz? And as NWA Women's World Champion, who would you like to see her face next? Well, I'm going to be a little more derogatory on this one. I love Jazz as a wrestler. I love Jazz as a person. I don't believe Jazz has been given the best light that Jazz deserves to be getting. I don't believe that the quality of competition that Jazz has been in the ring with has been up to the standards that Jazz should be wrestling. Um, there are a few exceptions. Allie's a very, a very talented wrestler. And but there's others I think they were there more for their indie name value and their other assets than from their talent uh perspective. I believe that there's some wrestlers that Jazz is defending at and the smaller shows around the area that definitely did not even deserve to be in the ring with Jazz, let alone getting the world championship match. So I think I would much hopefully rather see Jazz defend against somebody who is a deserving challenger. Now, that may be hard because there's, you know, women wrestling, a lot of the good women wrestlers are starting to get picked up on other wrestling promotions. But there's still some great women's wrestlers. What about Jazz versus Mercedes Martinez? That would be off the charts amazing. I've actually seen the match before. It was great. What about Matt, uh, Jazz versus Casey Carlisle, current World Wrestling Grand Prix Women's Champion, former NWA World Women's Champion? Um, that right there, uh, during Jazz's reign of NWA Women's Champion, the only match Jazz lost was against Casey Carlisle. And yes, it wasn't for the NWA World Women's Championship, Casey, a match. Um, Tessa Blanchard would be an amazing challenger, I believe. Um, any of the former NWA Women's Champions, you know, want to a rematch against Jazz, they, that would be something at least they could have, you know, put their name on there for. I want to see Jazz wrestle the female wrestlers that not only makes her better, not only makes the NWA Women's Championship better, but makes that challenger better, makes every the NWA and wrestling in general gets a step up if Jazz takes on the wrestlers she deserves to be wrestling against. Well, keep in mind, too, with Jazz, to your point, the level of competition hasn't been stellar, and we'll just leave it at that. I mean, I'm looking right now at her, her results. Since winning the title now, she's had 10 victories, two losses, one by countout and one by disqualification. Now, she's defeated uh, some up-and-coming talent like Thunder Rosa, who's one of the uh, more impressive, I believe, unsigned female talents that are out there right now. She has a, a Thunder Rosa wrestles mostly out of Texas and Southern California. Um, she defeated uh, Maria Maniac in your neck of the woods. Now, Maria Maniac is not, you know, she's not one of the top names in women's wrestling, 
but she certainly has some brutality and some physicality to her. Um, one of the most impressive wins that Jazz has is against Jordan Grace, who is kind of like the talk of the town right now, had a great showing at the all-in, uh, uh, what was it, Battle Royal. But she's also kind of been making her name in the impact zone and has uh, become a, an important part of that program. So, I mean, she does have some good victories, but for every Thunder Rosa, Jordan Grace, I mean, we've got uh, Jocelyn Navarro, who, you know, I don't want to speak ill of her, but she's a youngster. She's green. What did she do to deserve a shot? Uh, Nova Phoenix, uh, who she wrestled like two years ago in Louisiana, again, Greenhorn, hasn't really accomplished much in the business. Why did she get a shot? Now, I think the level of competition is starting to pick up for Jazz. But we're not quite there yet. And you're right. Somebody like a Tessa Blanchard, a Casey Carlisle, hell, there's lots of women out there that could be a, an adequate challenge. In my hometown, we have uh, Ruby Rays. And I think any three of those women would put on an extraordinary match against Jazz. But uh, as of this point, there hasn't been that opportunity. Now, Heather Monroe was no slouch and certainly had a great match against Jazz. But again, Jazz proved while she's the dominant champion and retained her title. So, you know, we, we don't even know what's really next for Jazz. Her schedule isn't really uh, available to see. And she's got upcoming matches. Um, she's actually wrestling tonight at in a Duluth, Minnesota at Heavy on Wrestling. And then she wrestles, uh, I think it's next weekend. Um, she'll wrestle, wrestle Ivelisse in Texas City, Texas, for the title match network. But, again, neither one of these matches are for the NWA Women's Championship which is kind of a disappointment because, you know, Ivelisse would be a great uh, challenge for that world's championship. So, again, a little bit disappointing, but I think one thing that uh, we know for certain that Jazz is up to the challenge, and I think she's ready to take on any comers. Yeah, I'd like to... Sorry, go ahead, guys. No, I'll speak at once, guys. (laughs) I want to, though. No, seriously. Okay, you first. I'd like, I'd really like to see her in the ring with some of the former champions. I believe, believe most of them are still active, not all of them, but the recent ones. Uh, Barbie Hayden, of course, is still wrestling uh, regularly. Uh, Santana Garrett, uh, Amber O'Neill, I'm not so sure of. Uh, I don't keep up with any of them in particular. I just, you know, read things here and there. Right. Uh, Casey Carlisle, she's got more belts than, you know, Ultimo Dragon. Uh, it's true. So, uh, it, there's, it's that same thing we've always talked about. The talent's out there, somebody book it. And unfortunately, I don't know what it takes nowadays to actually get a title match, to make it an NWA title match. But if I was a promoter, especially like here in Texas where Jazz spends quite a bit of time, I'd be trying to get her against Barbie Hayden. Well, hey, guys, we are running out of time, believe it or not. Um, The allowed time, the 30 minutes, is running up shortly. We're going to try to continue this off the air, and you'll see this on the video later. But I just would like to say thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode for Season 10 of the Alliance Guy podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, Twitter. at the Alliance blog on Facebook, at the Alliance blog on Instagram, at the Alliance blog for DKM, for Jaden, 
This is Jay Cal. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys at the matches. Have a good night now. All right, guys, sorry, I had to get that closing in just in case if we did run out of time. The clock is ticking. It says 17 seconds. We'll see if the show still remains on the air or not. But, uh, Jaden, what was your point that you wanted to make? Oh, about uh, jazz? Um, yeah. I don't, again, I don't know what it takes. I was just thinking one of the television shows that are out there, it'd be nice to see jazz on. I know um, – it's not the the most prestigious women's promotion, but women of wrestling's out there were Barbie Hayden, um, um, and the Santana other Garrett. ones that DK, yeah, Santana Garrett, and um, I can't think of her name now. But there's someone else trying to stall for Tessa Blanchard. But the other, no, not Tessa. Even though Tessa is a great one, the former NWA World Women's Champion, who's with uh, part of the Bullet Club, whose name I cannot think of to save my life right now. Amber Gallows. Yeah, Amber Gallows, yes. Yeah, they're all wrestle for a WOW right now. Maybe they should make an agreement with Jazz to be a non-cartoon in such a cartoon world. It'd be nice to see the NWA championship on there. I don't know if Ring Warriors is ever going to get back on the air, but that would be something nice to maybe to see Jazz because they like to feature women wrestlers. Um, maybe, I don't I don't know what the relationship with Ring of Honor, but I think Jazz wrestling Sumi Sakai or Kelly Klein or any of those wrestlers would be great for both Ring of Honor and for Jazz and for the NWA. So right now, you know, with no TV and only the 10 pounds of gold and some website and great forms of, of information like the Alliance-Wrestling.com website, as long as Facebook doesn't try to block it. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be another great avenue, I think, to truly get jazz out there. So the people who haven't seen jazz wrestle in either many years or never were even alive during the Attitude Era get to see what this talented woman wrestler can do. Point we wanted to get to is uh, a friend of the show, Willie Mack. Willie Mack is our NWA National Heavyweight Champion. Um, he actually has been featured now on the. Uh, NWA YouTube channel with the One Willie Mac Nation or One Nation. Not exactly sure what it's called, but have you guys checked it out yet? What are your thoughts, DKM? Uh, I have checked it out, and of course I've known Willie Mac since basically the start of what was then NWA Hollywood. And, uh, you know, he challenged Adam Pierce for the title. And I've always been a big Willie Mac fan. So somebody's packing their suitcase, I think. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to drink from a water bottle, and I can't really grab a hold of it right now. So I'm trying to fight, grab a hold of it, because it's just out of my reach. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I like packing a suitcase matter. So anyway, uh, back to Willie Mack. You know, uh, I'm really happy he had a chance to compete for the title. I'm glad he won it. I think he's proven himself to be a very worthy champion. Uh, even though the belt has a seahorse on it, you know, we'll overlook <laughs> that fact and and say that he he's held that title for a while now and he's, he's done a good job. Uh, hopefully he holds that for a while and gets more exposure. Yeah, and I think the thing to think about Willie Mack is it's kind of funny because right before 
right before they put the belt on him, he was in Hollywood as the championship, the Hollywood Heritage Champion. Now, he took that title to Japan and defended it in Japan. He took the title to Mexico, defended it in Mexico. So he actually made the Heritage title even a bigger deal than it was previously. Um, he All this while he was the... Um, the uh, Twitch TV champion for House of Hardcore. So, I mean, it, it's really to say something about Willie Mack and how he was able to just take that title everywhere. Um, now he's doing the same thing with the national title. As a national champion, He's already has a, a defense set up for Canada. Now, the national title is usually used to represent the lower continental 48 states. I mean, we were not talking about defenses in Hawaii and Alaska, but all over the U.S. is pretty typical. This opportunity in Canada will prove to be the first time that I can remember that an NWA national champion has been in Canada. Now, Willie Mack will take on Josh Alexander. Now, for those who don't know who Josh Alexander is, he was the opponent for Nick Aldis for the World Heavyweight Championship just a few weeks ago in Toronto, Ontario. This match will take place in Hamilton, Ontario for Alpha One Wrestling. Now, this is, uh, again, this is the first time, I think, for Willie Mack to be not only in another country as a national champion, but it'll be the first time um, Willie Mack has wrestled for Alpha One Wrestling. So that should be kind of interesting. And I really think that, uh, you know, Willie Mack as a competitor is continuing to grow, you know, with this relationship that the NWA has with Ring of Honor. We're seeing Nick Aldis now involved with Ring of Honor. I mean, he's doing guest commentary. He's wrestling for world championship matches. Uh, Willie Mack has now defended the title. He defended against Rhett Titus recently. Now he's got this defense in Canada, uh, separate from Ring of Honor. I believe that the NWA titles are now being showcased on two different television programs, one with considerably more reach than the other. Uh, but we're seeing the both world champion or both the world champion and the national champion being defended quite regularly, and I think that's good for the NWA. DKM, what are your thoughts with the NWA working with Ring of Honor? Well, it's a good deal for the NWA for sure. It does give them the exposure that they uh, need. Ring of Honor is arguably the second best promotion going right now based out of the North American market. Uh, right. Yes, they're light years behind, you know, WWE. Let's just stipulate to that. But, you know, still, their arrangement with New Japan and CMLL, and we're seeing that going to pay off in the Crockett Cup, which is going to feature teams from NWA, ROH, New Japan, CMLL. So it's going to give that a, you know, the prestigious feel that it should have, quite honestly. Right. And, uh, you know, the two teams that have been announced so far for the Crockett Cup, we're talking about Villains, Inc., which is the the new tag team of uh, PCO and Brody King. And they're taking, well, they're not taking on. Maybe maybe they will, but and the only other tag team named in this tournament so far are the War Kings, and that is former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Jax Dane, Crimson, and Road Warrior Animal. So 
So, I mean, you got quite the uh, two tag teams that are set to go in this tournament, and there's still a bunch more to be named. Now, the villains got into the tournament by winning the Ring of Honor Tag Wars, and the War Kings actually had a much easier path to the tournament. They had to beat Caleb Conley and, um, oh gosh, uh, Jay Bradley to get into the tournament. That was their qualifying match. So both those teams are slated to be in the tournament. Then we also know that, like uh, you were saying, DCAM, there should be a tag teams from CMLL, tag teams from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and, of course, there's tag teams affiliated with the National Wrestling Alliance, and, of course, tag teams from Ring of Honor will probably be in the tournament as well. Jaden, which tag teams out there are you looking forward to maybe being a part of this Crockett Cup 2019? Well, before I get into that, I just want to state that I hope it's actual tag teams and not just people thrown together to be part of the tournament. That, to me, would lessen the impact of what the tournament is. I wasn't a big fan of the idea of Marty Skull and and all this being a tag team in this because they're not a regular duo themselves. Um, I'm much happier to see them go one-on-one for the championship. But, again, other tag teams, unfortunately, being announced as a legend, I don't think the Rock and Roll Express will be involved, but it would still be kind of nice to see them, you know, part of that. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of my favorite tag teams are not able to be so. Like, I would love to see the new Heart Foundation, but they're kind of with the MLW right now. Um, if there is a tag team from Mexico, I really, really hope that we get to see the return of the Mexican Twin Devils because they were considered the greatest tag team in Mexico when the last Croc Cup in, what was that, 87? Uh, I think I think the Mexican Twin Devils, you know, it's their time. They, I think they got the raw deal the last time. They didn't really speak the English well, and they didn't get a good opportunity. But I want to see them that as the Mexican representative tag team right now. I think that would We're, be something. We, we need to get a hashtag going, everybody. Everybody listen to me. Start talking about the NWA, because right now I don't think they listen to anything I say, because I'm guilty by association. So uh, I want to see hashtag Mexican Twin Devils right now. What, well, well, I mean, was the Mulkey Brothers? Well, no, the Mulkey Brothers. I don't think they would any be anywhere near anybody right now. Uh, I heard um, one of the Mulkey Brothers got a little too familiar with a fan, a little too young, and happened to have a James oh, Ellsworth no. moment. So, so maybe oh, they shouldn't no. have to do that. Everything like that. But maybe the Gladiators should get another shot. That'd be great. Well, hey, w- the, uh, the... who were the Guerreros in the '87 tournament? Who? What, what was their gimmick? There was at least one of them was doing the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion at the time. I think he was playing some kind of 1984 game where you take a like a laser and start shooting your somebody with or something like that. That wouldn't be allowed in today's market. So uh, we're down to our last four minutes. So I, I will say that I'm personally looking. I'm personally rooting, although I'm not going to hold my breath because of where they were wrestling last night. I wanted to see the Reno Scum in this tournament. Uh, I love the tag team, Reno Scub, which is Luster the Legend and Adam Thornstow. Uh, seeing those guys live compete in China was really eye-opening. They did take the United Wrestling Network tag team titles to China, and the way that they were able to connect with an audience that was unfamiliar with, one, who they were, but two, the language they even spoke. So they didn't have a culture connection. They didn't have a historical connection. They didn't even have a connection by language, but we're still able to get an audience completely involved in that match. 
They were the United Wrestling Network Tag Team Champions until uh, Adam Thornstone was injured. So now they're back, and last night they were wrestling in Impact Wrestling. I don't know if that will have any, part of the pun, impact on their ability to be at the Crockett Cup, but that was my personal uh, hopes for the tag team tournament. Uh, DKM, is there anyone else you'd want to see in this tournament before we run out of time? Uh, not really that I can think of. Uh, you know, unfortunately, tag team wrestling is not what it once was. So maybe the Briscoes from ROH. Yeah, that's a good I thought one. for sure you were going to say Rob Conway and Matt Riviera. Uh, never. <laughs> well, you know, there's an old adage, and that is it's better to walk away and leave people wanting more than to overextend your welcome and be asked to leave. So with that, guys, we're going to end the show tonight. If you liked what you saw, make sure you leave a message and tell us what you liked about it or what you didn't like about it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll try to do this again very soon. So for DKM, for Jaden, this is J-Cal. Guys, real quick, is there anything else you want to add? How do they see the show? Good question. We're, parts of this show will be taped for our YouTube audience at the Alliance blog. Um, the video, when it's ready, will be on the website at alliance-wrestling.com. I also want to get a quick plug-in. Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators has an event on May 25th at the Max Fett Sports Center located at 240 Delcy Drive South in Glassboro, New Jersey. Two matches have already been announced. There's going to be a WWGP heavyweight championship match with the incredible Huck, William Huckabee, defending against former champion Biggie Biggs. And you'll see Glassboro's own Eric Martin take on Johnny Moran. Those are two matches. Check out dogprowrestling.com as long as Facebook doesn't try to block it again. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, real quick, I want to give a plug to a friend of the show. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him personally. Um, I don't think either one of you care for him very much, but I'm talking about Adam Rotola and the NWA uh, 10 Pounds of Podcast. Uh, just shout out, Adam has been very supportive of the website. He's been very supportive of uh, the videos and podcasts that we do over here at Alliance Dash Wrestling. Heck, we even host his show for the site. So I just want to give him a cheap plug that you can go for uh, to the website www.whatforapparel.com and you can get the very shirt that I'm wearing right here along with the merch sheep shirt which I personally despise but I'm sure a lot of fans will be interested in purchasing that one and again that's whatforapparel.com and just search for um, the week in elite or search for the 10 pounds of podcast and you can find those shirt on the site and again, you can always go to Amazon and get one of our cool Alliance-Wrestling.com t-shirts. So you can see the logo here behind me, and uh, it looks very good on your chest. I've been told that it makes you 10% sexier to the opposite, opposite sex, or if you happen to not be attracted to the opposite sex, 15% uh, more.